Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, my lovely ladies. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. You are going to love this episode because we are going to talk about how to be more present and productive by having a more simplified schedule. Today, I have Holly Haynes with me, and she helps female entrepreneurs take back control of their time with proven productivity techniques, systems, and structures to create a business strategy that scales long term. And I know we are all about that. An industry expert and host of the Crush Your Rush podcast and featured in Thrive and Entrepreneur, she is also an author with 20 years business consulting background, Fortune 500 companies. She runs her own strategic coaching business and the Crush the Rush planner company while also raising her twin daughters with her husband. In addition to working for a nonprofit in Columbus, Ohio, we share our Ohio location together, which is extra fun. Holly and I met on Instagram. We became quick friends. She has already done an amazing Instagram live with us to get us ready for this podcast episode. And in 15 minutes, she started to share this amazing eight-hour work week schedule that she is going to share with us today in more depth and really provide you with some relief of how can we start doing less, doing things that are more high impact so that we can make bigger impact in our business, but have more time to go do the other things that we want to do. So Holly, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I'm so excited for us to dive into this more. Before we get into the juice of this whole schedule that I know everybody is going to be so excited to hear, can you first tell us a bit about your background and how you've journeyed into the mompreneur space you're in now? Yeah. So thank you for that awesome introduction. Hi, my name is Holly. I am in Columbus, Ohio. As you said, I work full-time for a nonprofit. I have eight-year-old twin girls and I pivoted my business. So I started in network marketing about six years ago. And in January of 2020, it was like, you know what? I've got this like 20 plus year corporate strategy background. I really want to share it with female entrepreneurs because I just was so much more passionate about helping women build businesses in a way that impacted their families. So I gave myself a year challenge because I love a good list and a challenge. And I was like, okay, we're just going to go all in for one year and see what happens. And what happened was COVID. So three months in COVID hit literally the day that my podcast launched. I have no brand, no offer, no anything. I was like, I'm just going to launch a podcast and this is going to be my first step. And COVID had just hit Seattle or wherever that first case was. And I was like, oh my God, the world is literally shutting down. And here I am talking about how to save more time. How is this going to work? Long story short, I kept going and I sort of pivoted along the way to share relevant information about what I was doing to grow and scale and how we were handling all the things happening in the world. And people really resonated with it. So I started listening to what my community was asking. I ended up building a course, which then led to a membership, which then led to, I now host a mastermind, which also led to a physical planner. And it all really stemmed from listening to my community. And that started from this little challenge and from the podcast. So that's like the very short version, but that's kind of how we got to where we are today. Oh my gosh. I mean, let's talk about, first off, I feel like a lot of us listening are all these high achiever, overachievers, which is part of being an experienced mompreneur. Like 
you got to have that kind of drive in order to to be in this place. But we're coming up on year two, basically, if your business, we're getting close to it. Yeah. Look at how much you have done. I yeah. mean, everybody take a look and see. I love that you challenged yourself, that you gave yourself that one year challenge. And like you said, you like a list. We all like a list. Yeah. In this space, at least. And so I love that you put one foot in front of the other and then you didn't let the pandemic stop you. It's been really interesting to hear a lot of the women that I've had on have started right around the pandemic. And then you have that, oh no, what are we doing in a moment? Because none of us had faced that before. But I love that you were worried of where you would fit in. But from hindsight is 2020, you fit in so perfectly, helping Mm -hmm. people figure out how to save time because they never knew or most of them didn't know how to balance time with now having their kids at home and trying to school them and being stuck and all of the things. So, I mean, how perfect did that work out for you in growing your business in a way that felt authentic? Yeah, I think that's the key. Everyone's like, what's the secret sauce? And I was like, I honestly was just very authentic. Most of my videos and posts and everything, my girls were literally sitting in my office doing schoolwork or watching videos or whatever we could figure out to try to make it work. And so I think people related to that. And therefore I built this audience of trust where they're like, Hey, she's going to show up and, and share exactly what's going on. And I, I do feel like I'm a pretty open book. Like I will tell you, Hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's how I'm doing it in hopes that it'll work for you too. In hopes that you'll take examples of what other people are doing and mesh it to be your own. Yeah. Well, and I love what you said there too. You built an audience of trust because that was another part that I wanted to hit on that you said is that you listened. Mm -hmm. Even if it was a handful of people to begin with, I know you have a lot more of the following now, but you listened to what they wanted, what they needed. You authentically shared your value and you can see you've, you know, you've done a lot and you're helping a lot of people by doing that. And I am so blown away and so impressed by you and how you listened and you started with the course and then I'm sure you heard from them about the course and so then you moved into the membership and then that evolved into the mastermind and giving them another resource with the planner and I love hearing from fellow mompreneurs who are coming from this spot of service and value and you know that you have something amazing to offer like you mentioned you pivoted from network marketing to do this because you knew you could add so much value and like what a gift that is for all of us who are following you and need your help and need to know how to live our life in a different way with more time constraints in a good way. Yeah. I love that. I think the planner is a great example too, because I mean, how many planners are there in the world? Right. I mean, there's like thousands, like you go into target and there's like 50 alone. And so on paper, the planner did not make sense. Right. It's like, how are you going to compete with the Brendan Bouchards of the world and all the pretty paper that's sitting in the office max aisles or whatever, but it's what people were asking for. And for me, I knew that I didn't need to sell thousands of planners. A couple hundred would make a huge difference and a huge impact. And so that's what I focused on because it's what people were asking. So I think sometimes you have to trust your gut. I could definitely say there were other scenarios where I went with my gut and it didn't work out, but it tends to even out. I think if you're true to yourself and just being authentic with what you believe in. Yeah. Well, and I love what you touched on there too. When you think about the market of the planners, there's so many planners and it reminds me of the concept of abundance, which it feels Mm -hmm. like you've certainly uh, wrangled there in a good way that, yeah, there are a bunch of different planners out there, but you knew you had value. And I believe that there's a product, there's a price point, there's an offer for everybody out there. 
Like we all will find our people and how we can best serve. And so that's exactly what you did. You put something out there that you knew you could help people and other people may have said, well, there's already planners, but you knew that you could support people. So I love that you are providing all of these tools and resources for us mompreneurs to get our time in order. Can you help us figure out and share with us your eight hour work week schedule? What do we need to know so that we stop doing all the things and we start focusing, like you said, on the things that our customers need and that we want to do? Yeah. So when I took this pivot in January of 2020, I was like, I have to do things differently. I cannot be on my phone 24 seven. My family is starting to resent this business because at the time it wasn't making any money and I was working a lot. And so I was like, I need to do things differently. And the number one thing that I did was create business hours. And I know people hear that a lot. They're like, well, what does that really mean? And how do you really do that? So what I came up with was a schedule where Monday through Friday, I typically will work six to seven 30 in the morning. You can work an hour. You can work two hours. I mean, it's not set in stone. The base is eight hours, right? There are some weeks where I work more, some weeks where I work less just depends. So Monday through Friday, six to seven 30 in the morning, my kids usually get up at seven 45. That gave me time. I typically get up at five, do my morning routine, focus on myself, then work in my business. Then everyone's up and we get ready to go to school and we're sort of off with our day. Saturdays is when I do a two hour creative session. It does not have to be on Saturday. If you have time to do it during the week, you can. But what I found was you need a longer time period at some point in the week to really focus on projects, being creative, white space, things that where you're just not like tactically going through a list. So if you're designing a course, as an example, like Saturday mornings is when I would get up and I would work on that course and I would do it for two hours consistently week after week after week without interruptions. You could probably get your course done in a month. It's just consistency over time. So approximately one hour, Monday through Friday, a two hour creative session. And then I use Sundays for one hour for a planning session. And that's when I really look at what's coming for the next week. What are my goals? What are our personal goals? That's really where the planner comes in. But I really found that sort of bookmarking your week with that planning session and then having that creative session built in, which then adds up to eight hours is what helps me be super consistent. So during the week, I'm almost on autopilot. Like I'm just getting through the things. And then when I have longer periods of time, I could work on special projects. And then I had time to plan as well. And the crazy thing is, is when you add up eight hours for what, 52 weeks, it's like 420 hours a year, which is a lot of time. And if you think about if you are really consistent and you're not scrolling and you're not snacking and you're actually focused, think how much you could get done in 400 hours. Right. And so that's where I started. I was really, really consistent. Now I will say I probably do work more than eight hours (laughs) now, but it's because I have systems and structure and things like that in place, which will allow me to be a little bit more efficient. But there are a lot of weeks where it's only eight to 10 hours and that's how we've been able to grow and scale. That is amazing. I love the two key points that you said here. First off, the having to set the business hours because so as an example, I'll be your case study here. We had a nanny over the summer and it was fabulous because I had those set business hours and I was able to focus just in those times and then I could put my phone away at the other times and it was amazing. But life happens and sometimes if you have younger kids or you have older kids and they're home from the pandemic, you don't always get that space. And so I had this in-between time where it was like, okay, now I know I'm going to need to work in the off hours, but 
I just wasn't being strict with business hours. And so I can totally relate to that. Like when you think that you're doing stuff, but you're not actually putting yourself in your office like you have here with structure and consistently, then you're not able to reach the goals that you want and the things that you want because you literally just don't have enough time in your business. And I know that's something that a lot of people have mentioned they've struggled with this, like, well, I just don't have as much time as I would like. And so I love what you're saying here is the consistency because we're playing the long game. We know that we all want to be mompreneurs for a very long time. This isn't a quick fix. Right. So if we could put one foot in front of the other consistently over time and have the breakup between a smaller chunk and a longer chunk, I think that that is so impactful. And I have seen the difference as well. And so I love this reminder of the longer sessions. Yeah, I think you need space to be creative. Like if you're always in doing and I mean, a lot of times we get sucked into Instagram and you're like, okay, it's time for me to work on my business. And then you spend 45 minutes scrolling because you don't know what to post or you're answering message. Like that's not a business hour. To me, a business hour is setting a timer for 15 minutes, answering as many messages as I can. And then knowing I got through what I could tomorrow, I'll come back to it and I'll answer 15 more minutes. And so it's being very, very strict. And at first it feels super awkward and weird because you're like, well, what if I don't get through everything? But because you are showing up consistently, eventually you will. And most people don't expect to turn around in like two hours. So for the most part, I can get through all of my messages and all the priorities in about 24 to 48 hours, but it's super strict in how I do it. I will say one of the other tricks that I use is I've implemented what I call theme days Mm. and I will apply a theme to each day of the week. So an example of a theme might be content day, which for me is typically Monday or Tuesday, depending on the week. And I will sit down and I will write copy or content for whatever is going on. I don't want to sit down and write copy every single day. It's probably the core piece of your business. It's how you establish authority and make people get to know you and trust you and all the things, but no one wants to be doing that like all the time. And I think that's the biggest trap that people fall in is they're like, I don't know what to share. I don't know what to post. So instead take your one hour or hour and a half and really strategically think about what am I trying to share this week? How am I going to share it, write it, create it, And then you're done. You're done for a whole week. So then when you come back, let's just say the following Monday, you're ready to write it again because you're not consistently doing it every single day, which will just lead you to burnout because no one wants to do that. And so that's one of the themes that I've done. Another theme that I will do is what I call community day. And so this is where I am just an active member of the communities that I want to be a part of. So I might be pitching myself to other podcasts, or I might be on Instagram and just commenting and liking and just being present in those communities that make sense for me. Maybe it's different Facebook groups. Maybe it's different coaching communities that you're a part of, but it's really just making yourself a visible member of the community. And so again, for me, it looks like setting a timer. Maybe it's for 30 minutes. I think about where I want to be visible and strategically engage where it makes sense. And then once you're done, you don't have to do it again for the next week. And so again, each day is a little bit different, but then you're not burning out like, oh, I have to go comment on XYZ or I need to pitch myself to these podcasts and you know, okay, Tuesday's community day. I'm going to do it on Tuesday. And then it just helps you stay more organized. I'll give you one more example on that CEO day. 
We typically do this on Fridays or Mondays. It's it's a little trendy right now. People talk about it a lot, but it really does make a huge difference. And for me, what that looks like is I will say no to meetings either on Mondays or Fridays, depending on what day it is for the week, which means I have more white space to just sort of think and get through things. So what I had found was Sundays typically were super stressful because you're planning, right? Which is super important, but you're meal prepping and getting the kids ready. And it's the Sunday scaries of like, oh my God, I have so much to do on Monday. What's going to happen next? So what I've done was, is I take time to plan on Sunday, but then I try really hard to control my schedule as much as I can on Mondays. So there's not a lot of activities going on so that I do have time to do anything that might carry over from the weekend. And it sort of takes the stress off of the weekend, but also allows me time to just get organized. So implementing theme days, I think can really help you figure out what to focus on when you do have those business hours and you can implement theme days for anything, right? I have a client who is really trying to learn Pinterest. So I'm like, let's just make Wednesday's Pinterest day. You have one hour and you do everything you can in that hour to learn Pinterest. Super simple, easy to follow. I always recommend a CEO day and a content day, but maybe you have a finance day or maybe I have another client who has a really big family and both her and her husband work from home. And so Wednesdays are family day. They don't work on Wednesdays. They spend time with their family. So you can really adjust your schedule to help you stay on track. That makes sense. Oh, it totally does. And I love how it's mapping back to your goals. Mm -hmm. So how you had said like, well, you have to pick it based on whatever your goals are and those are going to change. And so I Mm -hmm. love how it's flexible, but impactful and how it's bite sized Mm Because I think sometimes we can get overwhelmed, which is why I'm all about helping women simplify their businesses. Like we're having this conversation here and it's like, how can we make sure we're doing the, the activities that map back to our goals and that we're not doing too much and that we're not sitting down at our desk with the craziness swirling around our heads right. like, oh, I need to do this and then I need to hop and do that. and da, 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 da. So I love how it's very focused and it, it leaves that breathing room when you know, okay, I'm going to do this today and that, that's it. We're going to focus on one thing at a time. I think that's so helpful. I also am curious. So you said they're not necessarily set in stone, these theme days. So mm-hmm. when you have your planning sessions on Sunday, is that when you decide for the week where you're going to slot each theme day? Yeah. And I would say for the most part, I'm repeating the same thing. Like I almost always do content on Monday or Tuesday. I almost always do CEO days on Fridays. And sometimes I'll change around. Like if I know I have a lot of client calls, I'll try to structure them all in one day. Or if I know there's a lot of press opportunities, I'll structure them all in one day. I do feel like it works better if you could be consistent for like a month. So like you start to train your brain to say, ah, Monday CEO day. I'm not going to stress out on Sunday and get the Sunday scaries because I know that Mondays is a lighter schedule and I have time to catch up. And I also know that Tuesday is when I'm going to create my content. So I'm not going to worry about it on Monday. I'm going to focus on other things. And then knowing that So it just helps you plan if you are able to repeat it for a little while and then you can start to switch it up. There's two other things that I love about this. One, like you said, with the CEO day, it's almost like a built-in buffer from something scary. Like, you know, you know that the next day is going to be calm. It's not that you're going to jump into the deep end. So I think that is huge and such a great idea there. And then also how you were saying with this thing being bite-sized, I think oftentimes we hear about a block schedule and batching out content and all of that stuff. But what I like about this is because it's only one to one and a half hours during the week, 
it doesn't feel like this big overwhelming project. It's not like I have right. to get all of my content done for the entire month because again, I'm chipping away at it one by one. So this is so helpful. Tell us what's the next thing that we need to know in terms of our eight hour schedule. Like we know the hours, we've got some theme days. What's the next thing that we should do to implement this? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And honestly, I feel like the next thing is like pick one, like pick one thing that you're going to do. And going back to what you said previously, I'm a huge fan of keeping things simple. I could sit here and teach you all the funnels and strategies and all the things, but I truly, truly feel like if you keep it simple, that's where you're going to start to see momentum and gain confidence. And then you can start to implement some of those more technical or complicated backend things. So I would pick one. I would say, you know what, this week I'm going to plan a CEO day and a content day. Those are my two favorite because I feel like they will make the biggest difference. I truly believe content is the basis of all things in your business and how you really start to become visible. And then I mean, CEO day is actually super fun to talk about as well. So in your business, you can be like, I'm taking control of my schedule. And today is CEO day. People will ask you, what are you doing? And it starts to attract curiosity and shows that you're a boss, right? Like you are taking charge of your schedule and this is how it's working for you. So I would pick a theme day to start with. I would also really start thinking about when your business hours are. And at the end of each week, and I typically do it on Friday, just ask yourself, how did this week go? Because you don't want to repeat something that is not working, right? right? So at the end of every week, I always share weekly wins of the week. How did this week go? What were some great wins that you had? And then what do you need to adjust? So if CEO day on Monday is not working for you, like you can change it. It's not set in stone. And so I think picking a theme day to start with, really looking at what are your business hours this week and how are you going to stick to it? And then just reflecting at the end of each week and saying, okay, what worked well and what do I need to change? And a lot of times people skip past that because it's so simple and they expect this complicated answer of you need to implement these things. You need to have these fancy tools. And I love the fancy tools. I use them, but I also feel like they could be like shiny object syndrome. So you could be like, oh, I got to build this amazing Trello board or I need to use ClickUp which again, I love, I use both of them, but it's really not the tool. It's the action that you're taking to follow through on what you need to do. So that would be my advice to get started. Oh my gosh. I love this. I love how you're saying that reminder for us that you're the boss, because thinking about us experienced mompreneurs again, it's like you get into your business and you get through all the messy beginning of it. And then you're left on the other side feeling like, what in the world am I doing? And you you tend to overcomplicate things. It just happens. It's like when you think about your closet, I was a personal stylist for 10 years. So I have a lot of- Oh, I love that. Yeah. We need a whole episode on that. I I know that's a whole other, my whole past life. Um, And so, you know, what I do for businesses now is like what I did for people in their closets. You go into somebody's closet and typically just stuff gets cluttered in there. You have years of stuff that you maybe don't pull out or you don't know where it belongs anymore. And it's just like in our business. And I think oftentimes we forget that we are in charge. We can choose that if the CEO day isn't working well on Monday, we can choose to move it to a different day. And sometimes I think we just get so set in our ways and we get so stuck in all the clutter and the muck of it that we forget to let it go. And it's really a mindset shift. What you're talking about here is that like you are in charge. You can choose to do the things that are working as long as you've got the right headspace on. And so really it reminds me of going back to the basics of what you're saying here. Like, yes, we can do the more intricate things, but at the end of the day, what are your goals and how are you showing up consistently and putting that one foot in front of the other to get this stuff done? 
And that's what you've been doing, right? I mean, look at your growth in two years. It's amazing. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is consistency trumps talent every time. And it's because most of the time people won't stay in the game. And I don't mean a game like it's a game to see who wins. It's a game of longevity. And so if you start thinking about your business is not just this week or this month, this is this year or the next five years and really asking yourself is what I'm doing right now. Can I do it every day for the next five years? And I knew when I started, I could not. And that's why I had to change how I was showing up every day because you will burn out fast. And it's not to say that there aren't periods of intensity, but really trying to manage that. So there's less of that and more consistency. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think that's huge. The longevity of it and the consistency trumps talent every time. Being that you're in the podcast space, I'm sure you've heard about Podfade before, which for people who don't know, the thing in the podcast industry is that you want to make it past seven episodes. Most podcasts don't even make it past that and they drop off. And so that's a sign of your podcast is doing well, that you've been consistent and you've consistently been putting out over seven episodes. And it's just so funny how that relates to so many things. I think it's a, an industry term that we're familiar with, but I don't think we often think about it in our business, about showing up consistently with the same message again and again, to hit home the point, especially because it takes people over 14 times to lock into something that they have to hear it a lot. Yeah. And I always say, if you're doing it right, you should be tired of talking about the same thing. Like you should be like, wow, do I really have to teach that again? And it's because it takes a while for it to sink in and you have new people listening, right? So your message is going to hit different people at different times. And I, I do know it's like seven to 14 times for people to actually resonate with what you're saying. So if you say it 30 times, they're going to be like, oh, this is, this is the thing. Like I need to pay attention to this. Right. And so that's what I love about this schedule is that it will allow you to keep up that consistency, keep up that visibility without the burnout. So I'd love to recap this again and then share with everybody how you can continue to support them on their journey. So first and foremost, the one thing that you need to do is decide on your business hours. You shared with us a schedule from Monday to Friday, plan for an hour. Saturday, leave more space, about two hours for your creative session so you can actually have a full time to get stuff done. And then on Sunday, you have your one hour planning session. So then you can move into your theme days for the week. And that's where you can slot out where you're going to put your CEO day and your content day, which are crucial. I loved what you shared about the community day as well. And then thinking about what else are your goals in your business that you want to work towards. Like you mentioned, there was the finance day or maybe a family day. Thinking about what are the goals that you're trying to reach and making sure that each day you're consistently showing up and getting something out of that list done. So your homework as you're listening is to go pick a day to do, a theme day, and also set those business hours because you are the boss. Let's get back to basics and let's make sure we're consistently showing up because that trumps talent every time. Is there anything that I was missing there? No, that you're a great note taker. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) You're so sweet. Well, tell everybody now that we know, okay, we've got our basics down. Tell us, how do we take it a step further? How do we make sure we're implementing this eight-hour workweek strategy with your help? Is there a freebie you have that you could share with them that would allow them to take the next step forward? And don't forget to share about that planner as well, because I'm sure people are interested. Yeah, yeah. So I actually have a business personality quiz. It's super fun. Uh, I was the kid in sixth grade that had the sparkly glitter pens and was like color coding my homework. So you go in and you take the quiz and it will tell you what your productivity personality is. Like, are you a scrolling Sally, um, a procrastinating Patty, which by the way, procrastinating Patty has good traits as well. So I will help you figure out different tools 
that will work for you based on your personality. So that's a super fun little quiz that you can take. And then I do have a physical planner. It comes out every quarter and it walks you through basically what I just described. So it walks you through how to plan your quarter and your month and really focusing in on what do those days look like and what are the things that you should focus on. And then I prompt you at the end of each week to ask yourself those questions. And it's very, very simple. And it's meant to combine business and everyday life because you don't get an extra 24 hours to work on your business. And so I tried to create a system where you can consistently combine all the things and then have time for what matters most to you. I love that. That is so helpful. All of that will be linked in the show notes as well as her podcast, because I know you have even more amazing conversations going into even more depth on this. And so we will make sure to link that all there so you can take that next step. Are you ready for the rapid fire question? Yeah, let's go. Yay. All right. So I have found that strategy, support, and self-care are like the three pillars you need to have in this mompreneur space that we're in to stay sane. So my first question for you is, what is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive besides the tips you shared with us today? Yeah, great question. Honestly, right now I hide my phone. So it sounds silly, but my brain is always going like a million miles a minute. My husband is always like, can you just stop thinking for like a second? I just can't. Like I wake up at 5 a.m. and my brain is like, let's go. Yes. And so I have found at the end of the day or on the weekends, I will just keep my phone upstairs Mm -hmm. because I don't have the willpower to not pick it up if it's in front of me. So I've tried that didn't work. I actually tried uninstalling social media apps. And then I was like, well, this is a pain because then I got to like reinstall them every week. So I just hide it. And then that helps me be super present during the times when I need to be. And I have found that being off social or being off electronics actually gives me more ideas because I have time to think. Mm -hmm. And I love the Netflix documentary and I can't remember the name of it. It's like the social impact or something. Yeah. And it talks about how all these apps are basically designed to like gamify your life. It is so impactful. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously I've built my business off social media. So there are times when I need to use it, Mm -hmm. but it just reminds you that you can have a life not on your computer or your phone. So I hide my phone. I I love that. Our internet was not working. Actually, when we did our Instagram live, didn't realize that was the beginning of the downfall. If you go Instagram live, you'll see that I'm just a blurry nonsense. (laughs) And it was actually really nice because there were two days where, of course, they couldn't come out for a couple of days to actually fix it. And we have terrible service in our house. So on top of not having the Wi-Fi, we literally just had no way to really chat with people unless you were in like one corner of the house. I could get a little else. And it was great. And Jack is two and a half, so he can talk. And sometimes he'll say like, no, mama, put your phone away if I pull it out for something. They start to resent it. Yeah. Um, Episode number 18 with Thea Walker. She's a behavioral analyst and she came on and told us the science and the research Mm -hmm. that's coming out about being on our phones around our kids. And so it was great. And I was like, I think I need to go buy some digital clocks because that's really what I need to know because my kids are young. So I still need to know, is it nap time yet? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so to have those around the house and be able to put my phone elsewhere and when I'm working as well, that is, I think, just such a great tip because I've experienced it slightly before, but I need to put it into action even more. Yeah, I love it. So tell me, what is the number one essential support you have that you could not live without? For me, it was joining a mastermind. So in January of 2020, part of my year-long challenge that I talked about, I joined a high-level mastermind with a strategic coach. I had never done anything like that before. 
They are not cheap. I was not making any money, but I was like, you know what? I cannot do this by myself. And I know there are other people that are out there doing it that are smarter than me and can point me in the right direction. And I have been in one ever since I'm in like my third or fourth round. Now the community that I have met through that has probably 10 X my business. And so I think one, it's just finding a community, but you have to find a community where somebody is like one or two steps ahead of you. Not that you can't hang out with people that are at the same level. That's not what I mean, but really have somebody that will challenge you and ask you questions and point you to resources and people and community that are also ahead of you. And it's just been a game changer. My whole life is totally different because of that community. Yeah. I think that is amazing. I am in Kathy Heller's podcasting group right now. And in the beginning, she was saying how you're going to want to learn from somebody. Somebody's already got the answers and you don't know what you don't know. And so then it just becomes a matter of, well, who do you align with that can pull you and bring you up to the space that they're in? And so I love what you're saying there because I do think it's so important. And I love that you mentioned it's a mastermind. So you get the community aspect. Because I think sometimes we think we just need the coach to give us the roadmap and tell us what to do. And yes, that is extremely important. But when you can link arms with other people, that just amplifies the work that you do. Yeah. It's really the networking. It's the networking of other businesses and partnerships and collaborations. It takes it next level. And honestly, I was at the point where I could not take any more courses. (laughs) It's like, I cannot download another course. I need somebody to just like show me the way because I do not have time to take a five or six hour, whatever. And so that was really the the best thing I think I've done ever. Mm -hmm. I love that. And just before we move on to the next one, that thought right there, what you're saying and how helpful your schedule is, is like when you think about it in the terms of, well, you have your two hours of your creative days. So if you took another course, that means who of your weekends are taken up by this course and what could you be doing? And, And yes, sometimes you need something to help you be able to move exponentially further. But I love now having that mindset shift of I only have this time to do it. And so is that the best use of my time? I think that that is very powerful from what you've taught us today. Tell me, what's your go-to self-care activity? When you have a little bit of me time, what do you do? Good question. So lately I've been super into taking baths. I've never been a bath person, but it's just, again, going back to the no phone, I will shut the door. I will turn on some music and Honestly, usually I set a timer for like 15 minutes. This is not like an hour long activity, but it's just quiet and relaxing and just calms my brain down because it is usually going a mile a minute. Um, so that's something that I do pretty much every day or every other day. I will say that I've tried to get more into like acupuncture and massages lately. Yeah. And again, it's just forcing me to slow down. I am an Enneagram three work. I love, I I just like work, work, work. And I know that that's not healthy. So I'm trying really hard to schedule in times when I'm forced to go do something or be off the computer and like, you have to follow through with it. Yeah. Yeah, Right. When it's an appointment, you like have to be there for it, which because it's that built in accountability. I absolutely love that. Awesome. Last but not least, tell me your most stereotypical mompreneur story. Think like kids running through a Zoom call with underwear on their heads. What is a funny story that you can tell us that only us mompreneurs will be like, we get it and we're laughing because stuff like that happens to us too. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually funny. So I didn't have really an office when all of this started. And then all of a sudden I'm like in our guest bedroom, which has since been made over to an office. Mm -hmm. 
but my husband's a realtor. So a lot of times he would be gone during certain times and I would have zoom calls at work and the kids would come in and sit on the floor, but they started coming in their pajamas because they were sleeping in because we didn't have school. And so I literally would sit and braid their hair on zoom calls because there was really no other way to do it. I mean, at the time they were like six, Uh no one else was home and we're trying to balance all the different things going on. So everyone just like, Oh, it's hair braiding time. And they like got to know the girls and they're in their pajamas and So that was kind of a fun memory, I guess. No, that's awesome. My dad would have me on Wednesdays. And so then when I would go to school, he would do my hair in pigtails. So it'd be pigtail Thursdays. (laughs) So that's what this reminds me of. It's like hair braiding whatever day that that kept happening on. But how fun is it that they got to see you and you were modeling your work and everything that you do. And they also got to be present with you as well. Yeah. I mean, I would literally teach whatever I was teaching and I would sit there and braid their hair. I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, isn't that, again, stereotypical. Typical mompreneur. (laughs) We always have the mom and the entrepreneur put together, typically not separate. (laughs) Molly, well, thank you so much. This has been so amazing. Everybody who's listening, make sure to head to the show notes so that you can check out her Crush the Rush planner and that business personality quiz because we all love a quiz. And I'm sure you are dying to learn more about implementing this eight hour work week schedule. Thank you again. I so appreciate your time in helping my listeners. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Loved it? I'd so appreciate your review. Want more? Head to themompreneurguide.com slash mastermind to see where fellow mompreneurs like you are simplifying their businesses and amplifying their missions to scale in less time. See you next week.